Ah, hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Day In Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on episode 137, I was I had the immense pleasure to have uh, Mochi uh, Robinson on. He is a composer and producer and we were talking about his new project, uh, Nostalgia One. Uh, we were talking also about, yeah, the sort of state of the music industry. Uh, we also talked about uh, Coded Biased, a documentary which is now on Netflix. And yeah, yeah, how he came to be over in Edinburgh and his plans for the future. i got to say, very nice chap, uh, very good conversation. I look forward to having more conversations with him in the future. So please sit back, enjoy the podcast, have a great day, and yeah, please subscribe. Have a great one, my friends, my life warriors. Peace. Ha-ha. <laughs> Ah, hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Day In Day Out podcast, woo, today on episode, oh my god, it is episode 137, I have a Mochi Robinson, Uh, what can I say about this gentleman here, he is, wow, No, no, no. Like basically, he's a composer and producer. He has come out with his new creation uh, for the nation, Nostalgia. How are you today, man, my Philadelphia friend? My friend, hey, brother from Philly. I'm doing phenomenal, man. How are you doing, man? Sun is out. It's it's hard to complain. Look, you know what? Like this is the thing. I was brought up well with the Fresh Prince of Ben Air in my ears on a daily basis and like you know what i mean he like escaped philly to go all the way to like california where it's hot sunny and maybe an occasional earthquake and forest fire but not so much then you a lot more forest fires now for sure well hey you decided to escape philly and you ended up where exactly in (laughs) in in scotland in edinburgh Oh my God, Scotland, Edinburgh. Okay, look, this is the thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Okay, look, Philadelphia during the summer, hot. Philadelphia in the winter, cold. Now, <laughs> I, now you decided to go to Scotland. Describe that, like, from a person who came from outside Scotland mm. to like Edinburgh, Scotland. What is the weather like? Right. All right. So to be fair. Yeah, I mean, all the temperatures are just like a wee bit closer together. All right, so you you don't get too hot of a hot, and you don't get too cold of a cold. So in, in Philly, I, I gotta speak Fahrenheit for a second. In, in in Philly, it'll get to like below zero degrees. It'll be in negative temperatures, which in Celsius is you know negative negative temperature. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the in the summer it'll get to you know like a hundred plus, you know like thirty thirty five plus. <laughs> humid as fuck it's like it's too too hot too hot so here you know i do i get a little sad when when it's gray a lot it does it is gray a lot and and the weather can never seem to make up its mind yeah it'll be rainy one second the next it'll start snowing it literally today when i was walking to this uh recording session sunny you know and i think it was like maybe 11 12 degrees celsius i'll talk celsius um it, so it was like not too cold out uh and the sun was out and fucking flurries like <laughs> started coming down and i looked up at the sky i said 
what are you trying to do to me right now? I, I started laughing out loud. I'm sure someone thought I was going crazy, but I, I just like, I was beside myself that in April, like the weather's really going to tease me like that. <laughs> yes, 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 it will. Yes, it will. Now, it's not too bad. Yeah. So, okay. Why, like, why Scotland? What brought you into the realm of Scotland? What put it on the, on your radar? Yeah. All right. So I would say long story medium. Uh, my mom, she's from England. Yeah. Uh, she's from Sussex originally. My grandmother is actually from Glasgow. Um, so I was able to get my UK citizenship. Um, and my, my grandparents, they live down in Cornwall. So yeah. every summer, every year, I used to go there. Every, like, you know, I had been there maybe 15 times, 16 times before the age of 20. So I felt relatively acclimated with UK culture. Mm -hmm. um, and then my mom, she had a job to do. She had to help move someone into uni, into St. Andrews uh, oh, University. Impressive. Yeah, and she had just had a surgery, so she couldn't really like lift up a bunch of things, carry a bunch of heavy ass suitcases and all that. Um, also, do you mind if I curse? Look, look, you've already cursed once, you've, you've cursed <laughs> twice. But yeah, look, all I've got to say is yes, you're. You're a former Philadelphian with a potty mouth, sir. A potty mouth. I appreciate mouth. it. Yeah, because <laughs> like before I start getting into some, you know, some thicker language, I was like, let me, because I can tailor it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, so we, we, I helped her move stuff to, to St. Andrews. Um, and this was our first time, like both of us, first time being in Scotland. Mm. Uh, and after St. Andrews, which is lovely, but there's not a lot there. Uh, we came down to Edinburgh and spent, I think, three or four days here. And I fell in love with it. Like, pretty much at like first sight, fell in love with it. There's this uh, multi um, smell in the air, especially in the West End, because there's a brewery. So it's like malt and, and barley, something like that. Whatever like byproduct is, is made and thrown into the air. It, it's got this like very specific smell to it. Any Anyone that's ever been here, they know exactly what I mean. Um, so I thought like, all right, interesting. And then it was in the night, I was roaming around, I got a little lost, and all of a sudden I see this red sign that said uh, jazz bar. I said, okay, I'll bite. Let me let me see what's going on with that. So I walk I walk in and it's it's set up almost like a classic like speakeasy. So you walk downstairs, yeah, uh, give them your your fiber and then and then you're you're off and away. And when I get in there, it's like, it, it looks pretty nice. It's pretty cool. I think there's like exposed stone walls and shit. Um, but it was like a 10-piece band playing classic jazz. Mm. I, I was like, cool. I'm, I'm not a jazz musician, but I can always appreciate some, some nice sounds in the air. Uh, and then as soon as they finish this blazing hot six-piece funk band comes on, I said, hold on now. Huh? What, <laughs> what, what is this going? Like, what's this all about? Um, stick around for, for a couple hours, I think, probably till they closed at, at two. And I just had, like, such a, like, wonderful, sensational time. And it just, like, left a big imprint on me. Uh, and so when I went back to Philly, I was like, I, I want to leave this country. Also, Trump had just come into power. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not really trying to stick around for, for much of this. I applied for my UK citizenship, and then uh, maybe like six months later, I just pet my bags, got the heck on out of there. And I've been here ever since.
and that was two, two years ago just about wow fantastic yeah. yeah my god so i basically you brought over to help move stuff for your mother like a bit like a pack mule as soon as you like, <laughs> got back as soon as you got in she was like yeah pick that up lift that and you can yeah. argue because yeah she was like i just had the surgery come my on right. and it's, it's my mom i got yeah, so much yeah. love for somebody whatever you need mom yeah and like basically you just wander around edinburgh you discover a jazz bar where like fortunately for you there was a funky vibe going on and yeah basically you came back to philly six months you went yeah trump no bye-bye usa and hello, uh, hello, uh, sunny Scotland. I say that. Bunny, bunny banks. <laughs> so with this, like, okay, I, I assume you were doing music beforehand in like the United States. So, yes, yeah, I went, to, I went to uni for it. Yeah, okay. So how did you get into the sort of music sort of culture and vibe over here in Scotland? Uh, well... I think maybe surprisingly to everyone, it's it's got a, a great music scene mm. and there's a lot of funk and soul that's played. So it's just shit that's like right up my alley already. Um, and I kind of got acclimated with it by through Instagram beforehand. So mm. hashtag Edinburgh music. If anyone's ever trying to move somewhere, search the hashtags of that place and you'll 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 get a vibe for like what's going on there. And so I saw that it wasn't just this, you know, one-off funk band in this jazz bar uh it was all over the place like a lot of like really cool um not just jazz and not just you know scottish kaylee's folk music it was you know funky soulful stuff that was being played so i was i i knew that it was the right the right move to to make so didn't have to get acclimated didn't have to change anything i was just like this was already in my wheelhouse Mm, like I'm interesting like because like you've been here for two like you've been there for two years like mm -hmm. um well hopefully you had uh fortunately to get into what like see what the Edinburgh Festival was like for one of them I moved here in the thick of uh in the of 2019 the thick yeah. of it. it's crazy it's <laughs> crazy like I had no idea like I knew that the population doubled because I, I read up on that but that doesn't prepare you for like how nuts and how kind of electric a city uh, can become as a mm. result. Like imagine yeah. if London just doubled in population for a festival. I don't think it could handle that. <laughs> no, 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 no. 2012 Olympics, come on now. Oh, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Oh yeah, that that's double, fair. yeah, come on now. <laughs> it's like right. eyes of the I world. stand corrected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, be humble. <laughs> yeah, like this is the thing with the Edinburgh Festival. It's seeing like everyone I seem to have spoken to about the festival because they've been in that realm of sort of comedy or theatre. It always gets put through that sort of uh, spotlight for me. Uh, I have no idea if it's like if there's a sort of large music scene yeah. what comes on at the same time as the festival. Uh, oh yeah i mean it's everything literally everything in the art sector mm. happens during the fringe i was actually supposed to play in the 2021 uh what was i gonna do i was doing two different three different shows mm. uh i was gonna play something like 50 shows in 
30 days or something like that. It's about to get crazy. Um, but obviously, COVID got made, you know, wrecked that. Lost a whole lot of money as a result. Oh, uh, well. but, but I was I was excited. It, I think there's a bunch of um, tribute shows to like Elton John, Eric Clapton kind of stuff, and uh, Average White Band because that's uh, Average White Band is actually from from Edinburgh. So like, just if if listeners aren't familiar, definitely check out Average White Band, 1970s. Yeah, yeah, like 1976, great year for him. Uh, blazing, blazing funk. The, they even did a a record with I believe it's Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, is, Teddy P. God damn. Yeah. You already know. You already know. All right, dude. But <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they there's plenty of music that goes on, especially like even street musicians um, really really can thrive in the summer, not even just during the the, the festival. Mm. Yeah. No, I can imagine because like this is a thing with. Everything well, 2020 like definitely put a spanner in the works for a, a many a person. And like this, like being a musician, going to Edinburgh, extremely fortunate. I don't know if you knew about the Edinburgh Fringe beforehand, but mm. or it was just a case of like Edinburgh, Edinburgh Fringe. What's this? Oh, yeah, hey. barely knew about it. To yeah. to be honest, like barely knew about it. Yeah, you can see pictures, but that doesn't prepare you for it. Mm. So like. With that, it's like, ah, uh, the sort of, like, would you say coming over here has sort of opened you up to sort of new musical experiences or have you, is it kind of the same, but slightly different? Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. I would say experiences 1000%, like mm-hmm. 1000. Um, just being in, you know, Europe in general and having that, that or used to be, ease of uh, access ch- changes everything um but in in regards to music not not so much not entirely some local musicians for sure like there's this glaswegian band uh corto alto that's mm-hmm. crazy they're so crazy just kind of like a brass band that's led by this ridiculous guitarist uh, so more so specific instances but uh this this hasn't necessarily blown my mind in regards to um other kinds of music i'd have to probably go to africa in the middle east for to be like what the heck is that uh, you know what i mean yeah yeah because like, i can imagine like with this like being outside like, while doing the ultimate sort of get out of your comfort zone like change like changing countries and stuff like that i know some people go well they speak English then, like he came from an English speaking country. Like, no, shut up. <laughs> it's like, right. it's, yeah, it's, it's very different culture. Different. Yeah, it's completely different. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, it's just that sort of like potential sort of growth of different experiences must be like, yeah, uh, like challenge on each day. Like, what, like, what I'm curious about, like, okay, how did, like, I'm sort of wanting to sort of get the UK side of things first. Just because, yeah, it's the freshest thing. But when you started out in your whole music uh, thing, because you said you studied uh, for this before you came over that, what sort of kicked it off for you? Uh, there's there's a game called Guitar Hero. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it's like, you're, you're like saying that to me like, I'm, yes, I know of God, Guitar Hero. Yes. Yeah. And it, it was a, it was a game changer, absolute game changer. I had always been like a gamer my whole life, you know. Usually, like 
would have a Game Boy in hand. Uh, actually, the the album cover of the Nostalgia EP is supposed to be like rendition of me as a little boy playing my Game Boy because I was yeah. like, that's what childhood was. Uh, and I went over to my to my mate's house after after school one day, and he's like, "Yo, ch- check out this game, Guitar Hero." I was like, "All right, all right whatever, man." I uh, there was a big identity crisis, so I really did not like rock music and what I called white people music for a long time, for a right. very long time. And I started playing it with him and I said, all right, this, this is kind of good, this is kind of good. Then I got obsessed. And then I asked my mom, can 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 I get a guitar and some guitar lessons, please? And very shortly after that, I got like, yeah, obsession might not even, you know, be the right word for it. It was, it was a little bit more than that. As soon as I finished school, I would even bring the guitar to school. But after, after I finished school, it would be from the second that I could lay my hands on the guitar until it was like, 11 or 12 o'clock at night mm. i would just be practicing and playing and i man yeah that that got me into the into the world of of music but i never never thought that i'd be like a songwriter or would try to dedicate my my life to it i thought it was just a fun hobby at the time right so like apart from guitar hero so what was like your sort of inspirations from that because look don't get me wrong like there there's Guitar Hero, when Guitar Hero was big, mm-hmm. there was millions of people were like, yeah, and you saw how they operated Guitar Hero either at home on the console or in the arcade. Like, oh, yeah. That's amazing. But not everyone goes, you know what? I want a guitar. <laughs> like right. it's, 12 o'clock, it's 12 o'clock in the morning. It's like, <laughs> if I'm not studying, I'm, I'm strumming. I'm playing. Oh, yeah. Like, barely yeah. studying at that point too yeah so like this is the thing was it like hendrix like you know what i mean was it sort of like Ooh, um... my friend oh man i uh i've got a yeah, oh, as soon as jimmy... i say hendrix okay well, okay i've got a jimmy hendrix tattoo nice. like I, I i love him um yeah so i would say yeah so the game itself truly was the the catalyst into wanting to do it I had played piano when I was like six or seven years old, mm. but it, it felt like, felt like schoolwork. As soon as like my dad one day, um, you know, like beat me because I didn't um, like practice that week or something like that. I was like, why would I want to do this? Why would I like, if this is a, a possible consequence for not <laughs> doing this, then let me just stop it all together. So I stopped, I stopped playing it. I stopped playing music, doing music, all of that for, probably would have been about nearly 10 years, something like that. Yeah, so so it did, it was it was the catalyst. But then as soon as I heard some 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 Jimi Hendrix, Little Wing is one of the greatest songs I think ever written. Um, First of all, then I got obsessed with Metallica and Iron Maiden. Uh, Yeah, not not your typical if you're going from turn that white people bullshit off. Metallica is not your your next step, but, usually. Yeah, but like this is the whole thing. When people go sort of rock and roll and everything like this, it's like you got to remember like rock and rolls then from the blues and like you know what I mean from rock and mm-hmm. roll it like basically heavy metal music, punk and everything like this, ska yeah. music. So it's like when people like I don't know like I don't like when you don't know the sort of history mm-hmm. of how music sort of developed and grow. You kind of like, oh, you can fall into those sort of traps where it's like, yes, this is just a white sound and everything like this. But you've got to go, yeah, no, it's a little bit more complicated than that. It's a lot deeper than that. 
So you can't just sort of like go put it down to this one thing and just like, yeah, that's that's what it is. And you can't like, right. And you go, right. Country, like it's just so involved. And like when it's, I don't know, it just kind of, maybe I get it from some, like maybe some like um, Gen Z kid who doesn't know better these days. And like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's great that P. Diddley gave um, uh, Paul McCartney a chance. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Kanye. Like, oh my God, thank God, man. Paul Kirk McCartney's about to blow up. Yeah, is that gun? <laughs> and you kind of stare at him and go, "Oh, oh, I." I know you heard of the Beatles, my <laughs> guy. Like, I know. It's like on the Beatles, and uh, no, oh, okay, no, get out. Mm-hmm. But and, but that you bring up like such a great point because I I had just such a similar conversation during this recording session yeah. where um, he actually asked me if I if I knew where. Spanish sound kind of started to intermingle with like a black sound, like black hip hop or whatever. Mm. Uh, and I was like, in a modern context or historically? He's like, well, historically. Um, and so I started to talk about the Moors and how the Moors, you know, were just like a phenomenal Middle Eastern, North African black civilization that, you know, loved mathematics, loved education, um, but also were very cultured and and loved music and how they then migrated towards Spain where, you know, a lot of them ended up before where the Catholics kicked them out, Uh, you know, but that's like historically where that started. That is where blacks, for lack of a better term, started to intermingle with, you know, Spaniards and Europeans Mm. um, in like a true cultural kind of um, exchange. Uh, so there was that, which mm. like, you know, hundreds and, you know, half a millennia ago, more than, um, and then there's like uh, 120 years ago or 160 years ago now, when the great migration happened and, and the freed slaves moved to like New York and Chicago or whatever. Um, but then you also had a lot of immigrants coming from Latin American countries. So like uh, Guatemala and Puerto Rico and Costa Rica, that they would go to these cities as well because that's where the work was. Uh, and so places, especially like New York, it's a phenomenal place to, to see where, where cultures uh, can, can mix. Mm. So you have, you have these like Puerto Rican neighborhoods next to these black neighborhoods. And so you've got these hip hop people listening to, you know, uh, like th- this poppy music uh, right next door. So it's a phenomenal place where we're like true, what we think of today is like African-American black culture mixed with Latin American Spanish culture. Mm. And yeah, that was just very, very interesting, very on topic conversation. Hey, yeah, you know, when you say in New York and like basically got to say it's like from, I can like one of my things, which is bad for me when it comes to sort of music and like knowing sort of bands and individuals, I'm not the best, I'm no, I am no sort of like encyclopedia and go, oh, this person. But like when it comes to sort of like knowing like sort of certain places in history where things kicked off, mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I believe I am accurate. Sometimes I need to be fact checked. But yeah. But when you talk about rap and hip hop, it like, yeah, New York City in the mm-hmm. 70s, like basically kicked, like really started to kick off in the 80s. And then, you know what I mean? Straight up. Like, modern renditions came out in the 90s and then don't get me wrong i'm not hating on what comes out in the sort of new streaming generation but 
Mm. I will. Like, I'll be the first to kind of hit on that. And like, no offense to anyone that likes, like, you know, trap and, and whatnot. And this this will be polarizing. I do feel some type of way about grime the way where it is now. I mm. think earlier grime, um, it, it was more more unique and, and very like had its own cultural identity. But I feel modern day grime has moved more towards like trap, where mm. they try to kind of replicate each other. Um, and I, I don't vibe with it. I don't vibe with it. Mm. But I, as as like a as a musician, I will always like you know feel respect and be like you know you're in your own lane doing your own thing. That it, I just know it's not for me. You know. Yeah, but I think I think some of my my well actually question for you what what is your favorite music like kind of genres? Now this is the thing I I kind of have a eclectic blend like because look the, my favorite. Look, I was with music. I was introduced to sort of music in the sort of seventies, eighties. So like, look, Bob Marley, like basically mm -hmm. Run DMC, like Fred, like Ah, uh, Public Enemy, like yeah, then like move forward, Big Pun, uh, like um, yeah, <laughs> like Biggie Smalls, like yeah, yeah. Uh, Tupac, and like you know what I mean, like uh, sorry to say, DMX, like stay strong, Dogman X, uh, yeah stay strong uh but like this is like when it came to sort of like music videos which i was kind of introduced to a lot more through the sort of early like late 80s early 90s like um basically november rain by guns and roses that music yeah. video oh my look it like in my mind it's like look you got michael jackson's thriller right which i just like i go look for music videos of just like going oh my god what the hell is that yeah, epic on scale, like a right and cinematic. Michael mm -hmm. Jackson's thriller is up there, but if you want to go yeah. cinematic and with a class, like with an epic track, yeah, you yeah. got to put November Rain in there. And well, that's where Axel Rose's wife like dies, right? Yeah, and then and then Slash is playing like a guitar solo at her funeral. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it like the actual video itself the full video is yeah. 11 minutes long i know this for a fact because they made I, a movie yeah i listened and listened and not not listened just watched it again and again and again i'm like yeah. okay from like the wedding to the sort of like yeah them sort of hands, and then to the funeral scene and like yeah with mm -hmm. like slashes solo in the middle to it but look if you are about to go up for a sport or like go in and you've got that guitar solo going on, it's not bad for inspiration. Though. Oh, oh, get fired up, get fired I'll up. Take on Ali with that. Uh, good, well, good luck to you. I won't put money on you. <laughs> good thing he's in the grave now. Well, hey, look, I still wouldn't put money on you. Hey, what's got to say? Yeah, I stand a chance. Do you? you maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. But mm -hmm. yeah. But that's kind of like how it goes for me. Like, and I go through these sort of spates where I listen to music. Like, I'll go through mm -hmm. like a two-year period where I'll be like, music, 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 and then nothing for a good like five years. And like mm -hmm. I'd say right now, uh, this is kind of the longest where I've gone without sort of like I'm dipping into that whole music thing because. Mm -hmm. I like I might sound old fashioned by saying this, but it seems like the sort of realm of music has gone through a bit of a strange turn with regards to the realms of streaming 
be like in this day and age it's, kind of like, you know, it's not done for the actual track anymore it's kind of just done to fit that sort of two minute to two and a half minute segment to get that yeah. in on your whole streaming thing i could be wrong but you know what i mean you are a composer you are a producer you know better than i yeah no, i mean you're, you're pretty right there especially like i think the the spotify ceo kind of illuminated it in such such a way where a bunch of us i would say us uh artists mm. are, complain about how little that spotify p- pays per per stream it's you know micro cents point mm. zero 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 whatever um and he said okay we'll just make more content just make more stuff and it's like yo my friend like we we could do that but then it would be shit it would all be shit you're just making it to make it to make money whereas like uh you know we could say whatever we want about the legacy of michael jackson but i think uh off the wall and thriller are are two of the greatest records ever made um and that's that's it they're like between the two of them that's maybe i think 23 24 songs and those i'll take those 24 songs over some people's entire catalog you know, this, it's like quality over uh, quantity, and the the entire streaming model is not geared towards that. Like you can only listen to this one song so many times on repeat, mm-hmm. you know, before you know, you're sick of it. So, yeah, it's it's you, you're you're onto something there. Where it's like it's made for the two two and a half minutes, so just like quickly can uh, make sure yeah. that it's put onto the Spotify playlist. And albeit, I'll say like a lot of my music is 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 quick. Like I do have like short. 90 second songs two minute long songs mm. um but with that being said i just had a, a conversation with a friend yesterday where i i try to put us into a world so it's not necessarily that the one song is 90 seconds but it's like the the album itself is like a 20 minute body of work that you should listen to in its entirety mm. not like let me pick a single here and the rest are kind of throwaways it's it's all like kind of one cohesive work and i feel like for a lot of a lot of artists that's that's been lost where they just worry about the single put put the single on on spotify hope that it gets put onto a playlist and then later they'll worry about maybe putting an album together with it that's not good but because i don't know maybe it was a case of like before it was like yes um they did the singles like basically in the 50s 60s and then basically in the 70s, it was like, okay, do the album. And then basically take it from there in the 70s and 80s and possibly the 90s. And then 20, like the early noughties came along where the music industry was like all panic stations. Oh my God, what's this thing called the internet? It's right. Surely, it, Rhapsody, yeah. what's going on here? Yeah. It should have went away by now. It's like, going, have you seen <laughs> what's going on? It's like, going, mm. yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, just like um, yeah, I won't even lie. Like, oh god, like uh, when you talk about hard work, that I downloaded the whole of David Bowie's like catalog. Wow. No, That's no, like, I, like no. Put it this way, like I, this was like years ago, maybe ten years ago. When when I saw it, it was like yeah, forty five hours. I was like, oh my god, no. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Yeah, it's, it would be similar with Prince. Like there are so many songs that we we just like n- never knew about. And Prince has like the estate has so many songs locked away in the vault 
that we won't hear for like you know another decade or something like that this way like the like in in my mind the two hardest working people who like just pumping out songs like prince mm -hmm. is number one and like dolly parton is there with him as well look you know you know yeah. right you go what what dolly parton yeah no both of these guys are most probably put out stuff on the down low and like you know what i mean just sitting on stuff and you like go okay just never stop working oh yeah and like with that type of work ethic you go right which i think is some like with what you said about people just doing the whole let me get my two and a half minutes out and stuff like that my individual songs that kind mm -hmm. of work ethic is kind of gone i'm not too sure if it comes down to the way it's been charged with the micros like micro payments uh, yeah. just or just encouraging that type of thing uh but how it's digested too yeah like so would you say the uh, that the rewards of what album could bring have gone forever or would you say it's something different now uh well if we ever look at history we know things go in cycles mm. so there is a, a vinyl resurgence so i think i think with something like that um that a lot of artists what we hear on the radio not so much what like tiktok songs that's a whole other thing <laughs> a lot of people make songs specifically for tiktok like, yeah this will be for a cute dance trend oh my god i'm just reading right now dmx dmx died no no i wish you didn't say anything man yo what Oh, that's I didn't I didn't mean to derail this, but that was like well too on point. Oh man, I'm a rough rider. Damn, because I had I had his CD growing up, like in in the in the '90s. I had his CD growing up. Don't know why my parents let me have that. Oh man, look look the DMX's his first album. Oh God, why am I blanking on um hell on some like. Uh, basically, it reminded me of my time in summer camp. It was 1996. Like I, like basically, I came over in 95, like 94, 95. Like was my first time in upstate New York. I uh, don't know if you know, like a town called uh, Poughkeepsie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like basically, in a town, I was just a little bit south in a town called Fishkill. And like the reason why Fishkill by the cat Catskills. Yeah, just like we're further south, but yeah, Fishkill. Yeah. There's a like there's <laughs> there's in Fishkill, like you've got the town, and then if you go, I can't remember if it was east or west, like you had the summer camps, uh, part of the Fresh Air Fund organization. I was in Camp Hayden Marks, there was Camp ABC, there was Camp uh, um um there was Camp Pioneer, which is now Camp Tommy, and we had like Camp um hidden valley and we had camp mariah uh yes after mariah carey so yeah basically um like and when you went out through town to get to a train station there was these two prisons separated by the highway okay one was a maximum security prison one was like a minimum security prison and like yeah the, what made that famous was um tupac went to prison there so it was like, yeah, oh. yeah, it was like, yeah. And like, I was in this, I was in this barber's, like, wait, like in Harlem. 
like waiting to get mm-hmm. my hair cut, man. Like I was like basically like, like Brit just walked in and like yeah, right, right. like so like I was subject to the cues. Like I was not gonna get jumped ahead or anything like that. So I was like, yeah, sitting there watching everything go by. And this barber, like people come up, whisper things to him, around yeah. Off they go on their merry way. That's like, yeah. I sit down in this chair, like, because I was like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, man, the American twang. I was like, yeah. And I was like, sat down in the chair. I was like, oh, where are you from? I was like, I'm, I'm from I'm from the UK. He goes, from the UK? What are you doing over here? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like working in a summer camp uh, in, like, upstate New York. Whereabouts? I went, Fishkill. He goes, oh, I know Fishkill. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Goes, yeah. Why is that? Yeah, I went to prison there. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, upstate means something different for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm sitting in this chair just after he's like finished cutting my hair. I was like, mm-hmm. huh. Uh. Yeah. He's like going, yeah, how does it look? Good, fine, perfect. You know what I mean? Like he could have had a squiggly zigzag in my head. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I love, I love it. it. Never had a better cut in my life. Oh, God. So fresh. So fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. But it was like, yeah, but when I think of DMX, damn, ah, dark in hell, ah, yeah. Confirm. Ah, yeah, well, and like, ah, I listened to that, tra- I swear it was 96, 97, but like, you know what I mean? I might be wrong, but that album, when he came out with it, was just so, oh, God. <laughs> You're like going, yeah. what? Damien? Like that little like rendition there? You're like, right. oh, my God. I loved it. Ah, oh, damn. That is, I mean, yeah, that's the only reason why why I mentioned it is because, you know, yeah, he was brought up earlier and I'm like, that's that's crazy timing. Very, very crazy timing. So R.I.P. and yeah. pour one out for your homie tonight. Yeah, for sure. like, yeah, indeed, indeed. No, respect to you, my friend. Respect. Oh. Yeah. No, actually, just like a small fun fact or a question and then a fun fact. Was there a river in, in Fishkill? Mm, well, like basically, it, you had to go along the Hudson to get up to like basically Fishkill, Poughkeepsie. Like, yeah, you know, okay. yeah, you had to. Oh, I'm just, I'm throwing my mind back around about twenty something years. So it's like, oh, uh, of course, of course, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you had like if you were going by train, you had to go to Poughkeepsie. So you had okay. to like the train. You had to go. You had to like, go past where you were going to, yeah. and then like catch a bus or something. Yeah, basically yeah. to come back down. That sounds about right. Uh, yeah, but no, yeah. I only ask because you know that the the Dutch founded New York. Like the Dutch were there before the English. Yes. Uh, and then "kill" is a Dutch word meaning river. K I L, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they're in um in Philly, we've got the skookle. It's like actually pronounced shukel, but we call it the skookle. Um, <laughs> and that means hidden river, S-C-H-U-Y-L, shu, and then kill means, yeah, hidden river. And that's because um, it was completely blocked off by trees. You couldn't really see it. So it's damn near impossible to, to, to get up in there, but the uh-huh. Dutch found a way. Well, like they always, well, you know what? Back in the day, they always did. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they always if they did. have money to be made, man. They're 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 gonna deforest the whole thing and then kill everyone in sight 
that meant that they would get their money. Well, hey, well, <laughs> and they, they always did. <laughs> they always mm-hmm. did. Speak to a Native American, they'll soon tell you. <laughs> Is that going? Not a ton of them left, man. Well, yeah, exactly. Stuck on the reservations. Actually, I was watching, the, not to get too off topic, but I was watching this like pretty disgusting National Geographic. I could only watch like an episode of it. It was uh, like a docu documentary, docu-series, where mm. it was called The Front Frontiersman. And at first I was like, all right, this is cool. This is cool. But it was just yet another like America propaganda um, showing like how, you know, these frontiersmen were, were just so heroic and, and they they were just seeking a, a, a brand new life for them. And it despite whatever they were doing to the Native Americans, it was like, you know, divine right type shit. Yeah. No, like this is the thing when you're going with the whole manifest destiny and like basically yep. you kind of like like when you hear one side of history from one point of view and then basically don't get me wrong like that time in american history and everything like this look i would say atrocities were committed all around the place and i'm not going to say it was just purely europeans and everything like this like native americans be native americans they were not i would say the most chill people when it came to themselves as well no, no, I, the warring tribes, like, for damn yeah, sure. Yeah. But it, uh, it was never in mass. And one of the craziest stories I ever, like, heard was that uh, what, after the railroads were made and you were going, like, across across mm. the country, um, if if they saw, meaning, like, you know, the white folk, if they saw a herd of buffalo, they would stop the train, they would get out, and they would kill the entire herd mm. because they knew that the Native Americans used use the buffalo in their entirety for hide for food their bones for, yep. for weapons it's just you know as an extension of like mass genocide mm. they, it was like sinister like that yeah like this is like yeah i've seen documentaries where you see like all the sort of pelts and bones and like everything like this where they did that or and it is quite mental to think that there was a such an abundance of one like one creature in america on that level like look uh, if you went to maybe texas you might see axes there but like which have been kind of imported in and like well put, put it this way texas there's like five like five to seven thousand tigers just roaming around in texas <laughs> just chilling right <laughs> mm. <laughs> which is yeah. mental to me but, right. <laughs> uh, yeah but it's like quite crazy when you think yeah there was like not 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 hundreds of thousands not millions like tens of millions of like yeah buffalo yeah. just roaming just like roaming free just and, loving their life you know but it's quite crazy quite crazy but you mentioned like <laughs> people making tracks for tiktok now as like as a producer like have you been kind of tempted by say one or two other sort of like mediums like either like just for the streaming platforms, say TikTok, or maybe even say like gaming, for example, like basically, you know how people got to stream on Twitch and like doing like tracks for that. Have you been kind of like lured in by the, the dark side of the music force? I would say, I mean, 1000%, it's always been like a thought and a consideration. And I think any kind of artist, regardless of the, of the medium, they'd be dumb not to try to capitalize on like, you know, whatever kind of trends are happening at the time. Mm. Um, 
and I wouldn't, I, I don't even want to try to be on a high horse and say that I've got more integrity uh, than, than the next person to do that. I just, um, I just have not done that. I've, you know, the idea of like, if you can make one song and it can be in this, like, it can be a part of a TikTok trend, TikTok dance or whatever. Mm. And suddenly like, you know, millions and millions of people around the world are listening dancing to it, reposting, blah, 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 blah. Like, that sounds amazing. And that sounds like a lot of coin in my pocket. Um, but at the at the other end of it, I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, <laughs> like, you know, at least not right now. Um, I don't want to not make the kind of music that I want to make um, just for really the the paycheck at, at, at the end of the day, or just for a chance to do that, because there's mm. obviously there's so far from a guarantee that something like that would would even you know pop off or anything like that. So then I just like made this song that I don't even really necessarily like myself for this format for this medium, um, and and nothing really comes from it. Now I, I think for for Twitch streaming uh, and really anything of like background kind of music stuff yeah. where I, I i've i've gotten into uh photography over like here here we go let's get it oh, which camp like is that film or a digital camera film my friend film this is the <laughs> Zenit em uh with the helios lens if you know you know um Wait, is it a nifty 50. <laughs> <laughs> nah no 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 but um i do actually one of one of the cameras that guy that's in the other room is from um, like 1955 or something like that. It's like mm. this nice TLR twin lens reflex waist level finder, like one of those rectangular boxes your grandmother probably has. Um, but I was I was I was watching an absurd amount of uh, photography YouTube's so like Joe Greer and and grain uh, grainy days and and that kind of shit. Uh, and in every single one of those, the format is the same. It, and it works because I was engaged with it. It's like lo-fi hip hop mm -hmm. over like a nice aesthetic. Like maybe they'll show like them loading uh, the camera with film or something like that, or like their their morning routine, um, getting ready to go on their like photo shoot or street photography or whatever. And it would always be with like this nice lo-fi hip hop in the in the background. So that's the that's the kind of thing where I'm like, okay, I make music in this realm in this uh -huh. in the genre already i i could conceivably make something with this in mind that's that's where i think people people should should kind of uh if they're going to make something for something with the idea of it being like commercialized heavily let it be like within what you're already doing you know don't twist and turn your body um you know just for 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 the paycheck but at the end of the day you know you, you got to eat you got to eat bread. So whatever you got to do, you got to hustle your own way to, to, to get there. But I don't care about money enough like that. Mm. Um, I would, I would just rather kind of suffer a little bit and just make, make the stuff that that's like kind of true, true in my heart than, you know, sacrificing something for, you know, bread with mayo and some oh. butter and some cheese. <laughs> I'll just take the loaf, my friend. <laughs> oh, loving it, loving it. Like, because like this is the thing, when you say YouTube and like this uh, back, 
I, I would say if this was oh four years ago, it, like yeah, vlogging was the major thing, and like yes, yeah, so mm. Casey Neistat was like killing it. Uh, I don't like. Do you know Casey Neistat? I don't know her specifically. Like basically, he used to do a daily vlog. Basically, he it was like uh, eight. I would say a five to ten minute short film. Like okay, you know how quick, people do quick cuts probably. Yeah. Quick cuts, yeah. basically, you would have like a particular tune in the back, as you said, like would have some lo-fi hip hop or something mm-hmm. else. But so he, cool. always, yeah, he always kind of had the knack of knowing how to marry it up to the story. So the beginning, middle and end and like, yeah, that track would because, yeah, vlogging was like the biggest thing at that time. All of a sudden. You would, if you listen to, if you watched a number of vlogging channels, you'd mm-hmm. actually hear that music start to creep in. And yeah, if they were using, I don't mm. know if he got it from Epidemic Sound. I'm not too sure if he got it from Epidemic Sound or say, um, is it Audio Ship or Basic Audible? Not Audible. No, that's the books. But you but, know, <laughs> yeah. But one one of those kind of like yes, uh, mass those, uh, library of of song kind of yeah. Like. So I. Uh, I'm not too sure if he got it from there, but yeah, it was quite effective. And like this is the thing, it just set things up quite nicely. Um, yeah, sounds like you, it might be something quite up your street, that type of thing. Um, I mean, I'm like writing notes over here. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was like, yeah, very sort of sort. It was like charming. And I could say, even though he doesn't sort of put out as much content, you're talking like, yeah, a supposed dead channel, which still gets millions upon millions of views and like yeah so it's like yeah ah. so like, yeah sure and that, that is a, a good point because like yeah i feel like four four or five years ago vlogs in general that's like when when they really started to make like a, a climax and having not seen any of their videos still knowing that it would be like you know quick cuts and and, and that kind of stuff like the format has not changed mm. since then because it's clearly something that's engaging that works you know these these videos that aren't aren't too long because um, that's that's a whole other thing of why i think like songs in general are are now short again you know it, we were limited back in the 50s and 60s because of vinyl because the single side could only be so long it could only yeah. be i think three minutes was like pushing it um so that inherently you're gonna have shorter songs but now I think we got such shorter songs because we've got such a shorter um, mm-hmm, the word. What, you mean is, that attention span? <laughs> that's the word, exactly. As soon as I got to it, it's like it's 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 <laughs> gone out of there. Um, yeah, because we got such a shorter time time. Oh my god! And it, it, it left again. I keep thinking of the word time time span. Uh, attention span. <laughs> Maybe I'm part of the problem. Well, hey, it's been a long day, man. It's been a long day. It has been, man. It really has been. <laughs> I'll use that excuse. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, because like this is the thing. Like one, like okay, I'll say without the sort of rise of Spotify or like, you know what I mean? Um, app, like, um, basically Apple store and everything like this. I thought like you would get tracks, which would be at least 10 minutes long because look, we live in the, we live in an age at this present time where I, yeah, God, like you could do a long format 
easy, like mm-hmm. on your computer at home, like you know what I mean? Like, man, an hour and a half long one song, it yeah. doesn't, you know, wouldn't matter. You can do that. And look, in the realm of music production, which, oh my God, look, and in your time from going to like college, well, Fred, like even if we went further back, in your time from going from high school all the way up to present day, look, music production has changed so radically that you can do it on, like, you can do it on a iPad. Oh yeah, even on your phone. And like, you know who Steve Lacey is? No, I do not. He's um, sorry to cut you off, just because like he is literally like a, a LA producer produces for you know Kendrick and and like fucking upper echelon people. I think he was a part of the band uh, the Internet. Um, mm. Speaking of, uh, and he was pretty much exclusively producing on his phone on his iPhone, he'd be sitting in these recording studios that that were, you know, had like $50,000 just soundboards with, yeah. you know, all, all of the outboard gear and, and, you know, sitting next to Kendrick Lamar, and he'd be producing on his phone. So and and his song slap hard. So it, he, he made it work for himself. But it, it, it's it's crazy. It's yeah. transformed so fast, so rapidly even even from when I was in high school. And so I'm 27 years old right now. Uh, and I was in high school, I graduated in 2012. Yeah. I was like, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> almost 10 years ago, I, I, I graduated uh, from from high school and I was working on GarageBand. And then pretty pretty soon after that, then went on to Logic. Logic had an upgrade and then, then got into, into Ableton and everything and it's, what a different world we've gotten to since doing tape. We only got we got digital forty years ago, uh, and that that changed the the entire like face of of music. And now you've got every other you know, was, was Tom Tom Dick and Jane is a uh, is a bedroom producer now because all you need is the laptop or your yeah. phone or your iPad. Not like this is being like, I'd say that may have affected the quality in some respects, but like. You just got to, people go, yeah, but there's so many people, but you got to go, right. But I kind of look at it from the realms of empowerment because mm-hmm. like to sort of get started before, okay, God knows how much you had to spend. You know, I'm, look, I would say it would be, it would like if someone goes, yeah, it'd be like, yeah, you got to pay 500 pounds for this piece of equipment, but you need this piece of equipment to make that work. But mm-hmm. by the time you've got something which could just, like chug out a little tune thousands has been spent in the process yeah and you go right that might be a barrier to entry but if you've got like got one person as you say with the talent using just a phone forget the ipad just a phone to like go right i can put this out there Mm -hmm. my god (laughs) that is like you know what i mean game changer yeah and it is pretty uh, subjective to say, like, you know, quality has gone down because, I mean, a lot of people like Lil Zan and Lil Yachty and, you know, all the, like, they're called, like, SoundCloud rappers. Yeah. And SoundCloud is a free music platform. So it was without that free, easily accessible platform, a lot of those kind of people wouldn't be popular. And, like, while I may think that they're shit, and I do, mm aggressively think that they make horrible music um that's you know not necessarily for me to say when they have a lot of fans 
you know, they're making music that people like, you know, a bunch of people like. So while we may have like a different kind of standard or different, you know, idea of like what good music is, um, that changes from human being to human being. Luckily, there's billions of us on here. Oh, indeed, indeed, yes. Like rapping just about my Supremes or something like this. My Supreme. I see me. <laughs> about to get like triggered by that shit, man. Yeah, literally. What was that Kanye song uh, that he made with with one of the Lils? Um, like, like, you look like broccoli, not broccoli, but <laughs> like something dumb like that. Yeah, no, like this is the thing. I don't like Kanye. Like, I haven't. Like, Kanye hasn't been on my radar for a little bit of time. Like, look, when it was purely about the music for Kanye, College mm-hmm. Dropout, and everything like that. I was, I was, it was a good year. Yeah, I was just like, I, I was there. I was like, yeah, play that again, play it again, play it again. And then, mm-hmm. like, look, I don't know if it's a case of, yes, like the bubble he lives in, the world he's in, or like, yes, or he's genius. Mm. <laughs> it's like, well, he's kind of like wandered away from that a lot. And look, I'm, some of the stuff he said over the last few years, you kind of like go, okay, Kanye. Like, yeah. Kind of and we like, could say uh, like mental health, this yeah. and the other, and like, we should always advocate for mental health. Oh, but absolutely. Like, don't fucking say that this guy is a genius when like he does, you know, say and do these things. I think Yeezys are pretty cool. Mm. But I think a lot of the other fashion stuff he does, I'm like, I don't get it. This oh. is not wearable. This is not usable for, for a human being. You know, this is like just strange just for the sake of being strange. And I think his music is diverted in that in that direction as well. Because mm. I'm very much of the era where I think like I love Kanye. As soon as like he graduated college, I don't know about that. Mm. You know, 808 and Heartbreak's pretty good album. Pretty good album. After that, uh, you gotta really heavily try to convince me that these bodies of work even compare to you know college dropout late registration graduation like you would really have to make some some powerpoint presentations on <laughs> i i don't have the time or energy to do that for you uh, like that because like i think there was a like there was a year where he literally produced a track every week or it was like just like he was just like yeah good friday good friday yeah so it was like yeah boom 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 and like it was like okay you're doing that and like respect to you but mm. some like, of them were were bops i will say yeah but then others were trash yeah because like you think about it right say like say if you got a one in 20 sort of hit ratio you know what i mean <laughs> it, it, it's just yeah. like so you're gonna get ooh, two truly fire tracks two possibly three at a push and like then, yeah. like you know, what I mean, all right. And then, yeah. And then, what were you thinking here? Kind of. Yes. There's also kind of like, okay, I'm not too sure why you're using the harp in this bit with like this flute, but okay, you can. That sounds good, though. That sounds good in the abstract. Harp and flute, like I love. I do. I love classical music. Yeah. And I think we should involve more classical instruments. You know, hashtag classical musicians. Blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. I am. I'm a proponent of that. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, on on this last one, one of my good friends is um, a violinist, and she she sang on it, and she and she did some some violin stuff. Um, so like, I I do love it. I do love it. 
but it all depends on your application of it you know mm. if you're dealing with these weird 808s and um and you're rapping about champagne on the booty <laughs> i don't know man i don't know it might be a mess for me <laughs> <laughs> yes i don't mm. i'd be a mess might be a mess like yeah, this, yeah no but like this is the thing one of the things which i like with regards to like the music platforms like i'm I used to think Spotify most probably was going to be the home, like the new home for music and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've changed my opinion on that. Uh, and that sort of came, that sort of coincided with around about sort of August, September last year, okay. uh, when they basically did the Joe Rogan uh, deal. And look, like basically Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan podcast, the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, I would say he's most probably the most, like, arguably the most popular podcast in the world. Okay, long form content. I mean, when I say long form, talking two hours is a short podcast for him, but like right. three hours, three and a half hours. And he I goes like, yeah. So it was kind of like, okay, right. If you're going down the sort, pushing down the podcast medium a lot more, which like is like most podcasts they are about an hour maybe maybe a little bit longer or half an hour which is in comparison to music long form, long form. yeah and especially today so it's mm -hmm. kind of like what the guy like what the head of spotify was saying yes produce more stuff it kind of like going do you really want more stuff from us or are you going in a completely different direction? Like the long Or do you just want more content from musicians that you can then monetize and you can make more money from because you yeah. can more ads on these. Yeah. It, that that's ironic and, and very much um, not practicing what you're preaching type of type of deal. Mm. Yeah. So with regards to nostalgia, your current like current project what like so have you been looking to put out on something like spotify or have you been like going, let's do it through alternative measures it, so it, it is out on on all the streaming platforms so mm. you gotta play the game unfortunately but when i did first put it out i first put it out on bandcamp for uh bandcamp friday which is uh. usually first friday of the month they've been doing it through covid um i'm not sure if you're familiar with bandcamp no i'm not um, Cool. So it's a really, really beautiful website. Um, and my good friend uh, out in Colorado, when we were going to school together, went to school out in California for a little bit. Um, he he first introduced me to this because I was just putting out singles on SoundCloud. Mm. And then he's like, Mochi, why don't you go into Bandcamp? You can, you know, like kind of compile it into albums and and you could sell it if you if you want to. Um, so that was like my 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 preface in understanding what it was has become such a great tool and such a great um you know alternative platform to to the streaming platforms um and so basically banking friday first friday of every month you 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 know you'll probably release something or whatever but anything that is made money wise from that is 100% yours oh, they okay. take usually 10% or 5% off of uh, whatever the the deal is, just you know, because they're they're hosting it. Um, but yeah, Bandcamp Fridays, it's it, hundred percent of it goes to you. Um, and so nostalgia, nostalgia one, because there will be others. Um, was first put out on Bandcamp for the Bandcamp Friday, 
and you know, I didn't make a ton of money from it, but literally you could have given me a tenor and I, I would have made more money from that one transaction than, you know, like a month or two of streaming. So that's just like, that's kind of like the gross um, inequity of what we're talking about. If you, if back in the day, if you were spun on the radio, you could get like a, a I think it was like a dollar or two per spin. So if, and that's in one radio station. Mm. So if you've got this, you know, if you've got, you know, a DMX track out and, and, you know, every hip hop station in America is playing you like five, six, seven, eight times a day and across hundreds, you just made in a day thousands of dollars. Yeah. So like, it, it kind of brings back that kind of idea, like the importance of like, this is how artists survive is is not through fucking micro sense and millions of streams to get to maybe 10k in, in that like quarter or or whatever it's you know if you like this person you, you like the music that they're giving and you want to support them you know this is how you can directly uh give it to them you could also sell your merchandise on there as well okay. so you you got like I'd say this like I I have merch myself, but if you've got like mochi sweatshirts or or I wear a lot of uh, trackies and and all that stuff, so if you have like that kind of stuff, it's a great platform to to sell sell on there as well. I mean, like I think you should like do a sweatshirt or something with your name on, just like big print. Look, mochi, it it's happy, <laughs> it's snappy. No, but it's, like, it's gonna happen. Yeah, like I think you should because like this is the thing. It brings me to like one of my thoughts. Like, okay, can you just like it doesn't seem like you can just be kind of an artist. You've got to have your like irons in many fires. So like, yeah, you're like composer, producer, but like, okay, but it's like yeah, like uh, bank, like not bank camp, bank camp. Uh, yeah, bank camp, bank camp. Like, okay, YouTube. If not YouTube, Spotify, and like basically all of these Asian, avenues, yeah, just of to like just to sort of generate interest and potentially generate some income because look, um, mm -hmm. at this present time, I how everyone seems to be getting on this sort of bandwagon. It used to be, yeah, Patreon was the thing. Like, yes, mm -hmm. please support my Patreon, and like, yes, I can get this exclusive the, content. Absolutely. But, you need to have fans or like a platform where there's enough people to even go to that patron that want to give you, you know, 12 bucks a month or 30 bucks a month to, to get this exclusive stuff. Yeah. But that leads my point. Like, yeah, now YouTube is kind of getting onto that, which I would say would have been a sort of thing, which would have generated that a lot more for people mm -hmm. that sort of that following. And I think, uh, was Twitter thinking about doing some, I've, I think I read something about Twitter possibly like doing sort of like microtransactions so you can mm. get on board with that. So it's like, like with all of this and like you mentioned merch and everything like this. So is like, do you have to have this sort of big sort of active plan to sort of like go, okay, this is where I'm at. But I need yeah. to do this, 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 this to make this overall happen. Yeah. Okay. So I think, you know, in the future, not even in the future, it's so it's 2021. Yes. You 1000% need to have all of these different avenues and channels to even consider being able to support yourself 
especially as like an independent artist mm. um you know you you can still get the big record deal and that'll take care of so much of 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 that worry away from you um i think it's unfortunate because that in a way like you have to be engaging in instagram or you have to you know content constant content you got to keep people engaged you got to make people uh, interested in you you can't you know put out the one record um every other year something like that and then just the machine will work and and people will keep listening to that for two years mm. like those those days are long long gone um and how i how i said before like you know vinyl kind of w will give us more of a resurgence of the importance of albums i don't think we'll ever ever be able to digest our music in our art in general the same way just like streaming and, and tv shows and and movies is like mm. you can binge watch an entire series in a day you know you don't have to wait and sit through commercials every week like so you know music is far from the only sector that's that's having to deal with it um i think it's an unfortunate reality that, mm. that this is where we're at uh but it, it forces you know me and, and and everyone else to have to not necessarily think outside the box because the boxes are already here and they're given to us but it it forces us to you know not be so one-dimensional necessarily um a big thing that I, I i didn't think i would consider doing like photography in any kind of official capacity but the more i did it, i like i started obsessing with it much like i did in the early stages of music i was pointing at my base over there um <laughs> I, uh, you can't see what i'm pointing at it's like, um, it's like I What's he pointing at? Wait, <laughs> yeah. I'm not too sure. He's just pointing in that direction. Like yeah, the dog over there. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but see, I started like obsessing over it and I, I would never try to say like, I think I got good at it, but I, I think I am far better than I ever thought that I could be. Mm. Uh, so that's something that is going to be another avenue um, that I'm going to be looking into to try to monetize on as well. You know, whether it be like prints or, or something like that uh album covers for yeah. for other people because i i have the shittest um handwriting i've done ever seen and i cannot draw like stickman is is my level of uh, creativity as regards to drawing um so i think like doing doing album artwork kind of stuff with that would be uh pretty good photo shoots portraits headshots for 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 actors and whatnot these are the kind of things where i have to like consider like if i want to try to survive solely as an artist this is what's necessary today um unfortunately you know yeah you can't you can't just have the even if you have a hit you can have a hit that's streamed millions of times and that's like you're not a millionaire you're far from it you're you just got like a twelve thousand dollar check uh this quarter but who knows people might stop streaming it yeah then what yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. No, oh, because oh, why? It's tough. Because like I think that's one of the things. I don't think people discuss that enough. At, like for potential artists, that you can't just be an artist. You look just that Dave. You rocking up and go. I write my songs and I perform and like yeah, it's like, a cool. Yeah. You know, it's that's a case of you got to have so much more in the arsenal. Just well. To get like to just get the attention in the first place because mm -hmm. as you said look, there's so many distractions right now 
like st- like streaming TV. Like look, like I look, I'm a kid of the 70s and 80s. Look, I am one of the TV shows which was uh, a mainstay in my life. Two TV shows I can remember. Like yeah, a like the A Team and Knight Rider. Okay, look, tell look tell look. Week after Amazing week, American uh, exports. Hey, look, there will be people that like, you could go onto the streets out there. There'll be kids playing out. Yeah, that TV show came on and they would be deserted. Everyone was yeah. in a place at the same time. And once it was done, you had to wait a week. And like, you yeah. know what? And look, this is the thing. You, like we had no sort of concept, like concept of, yes, that series is over. So when it disappeared for like its hiatus for like maybe three to six months, it was like, okay, what do I do in between that time? And music would most really fit in. Now, <laughs> as you mentioned, just binge, binging a series like that. Look, mm-hmm. like, like, doesn't stand, like, there's a lot of things it doesn't stand a chance against that type of sort of attention. And like yeah. basically, yeah, doing the YouTube channel, doing the Instagram, doing like Twitter, doing streaming, doing like it's just like a lot of doing. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure there are people which are like, I'm, yeah, I'm doing very nicely. Thank you with the way the world is. And I don't have to report to no sort of like manager or like, you know, what I mean, label. Mm-hmm. Uh, long live let these days rain and like with yourself when you're like i'm gonna do photo prints and stuff like this and maybe album covers and like yeah look all i've got to say is you you are moving rapid like you're doing film shots right now but oh welcome to the world of digital yeah like because right no and it's expensive as shit just doing film too but i know that my stuff wouldn't look as good on digital and i have to edit it and i have to get the uh you know the Lightroom and then Photoshop just yes. to make my stuff look better. Oh, man, it's we live in a tough world today. I would say. Hey, yeah, look, tough world, tough challenges, and look, yeah, and like that camera, like, just looks fantastic. Gotta, yeah, look, finished look, the roll today. Kodak film. Oh my god, <laughs> it's like, Kodak oh, gold, my friend. Okay, yeah. But I'd say I would simply say, yeah, if you get on to sort of like the music video side of things, if you do go digital, that's mm. another that's another realm of like possible income for you. Because yeah. all I'd simply say is do the photography as well. If like if that comes down to it, um, yeah, doing headshots and stuff like this, because more people when when the world goes back to normal whenever that might be, 2022, 2023. And it's different country by country. Like America's opening up super rapidly, like a lot of places. We've been in tier whatever lockdown for, you know, for more than a year, pretty much. There's a couple months where it changed. Boris said, yeah, fucking go to the pubs and (laughs) eat out to help out. And Nicholas said, hold on, pump the brakes. Let's shut that shit down immediately. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll find out whenever. Uh, one of my friends that I had ran, ran, run into today, he said that he doesn't even know when they're going to be going back to, to work and he's at a pub. Uh, Boris has said, you know, what is it, June 26th? That's the that's the date everyone has in their mind. Uh, basically, I think it's June. It's either June 23rd or June 26th. I can't remember exactly. 
but that's when it's meant to be everything kind of like you know what i mean gets to that sort of level of like back like you know what i mean if you're in a pub which has no like pub garden or anything like that you can go to that pub or a restaurant yeah. or any open spaces um but on monday i believe the 12th uh that's sorry that might be tuesday no monday the 12th uh that's when uh we come out of lockdown officially here in the uk i'm not too sure if it's the same in Scotland. april 26 april 26 yeah so basically lockdown comes off everyone goes like well we are still in lockdown, but it's like, you know what I mean? A tier. We're now in a tier system. Yeah. yeah. We'll be in sort of a tier three. So non-essential shops will be back, but gyms will be back, thankfully. Uh, but like, <laughs> uh, yeah, there are a number of things which will come back, but it's not going to be, we're back, back. And I don't think that's going, but that's not going to be until sort of June-ish. And that's still going to be, you know kind yeah, of and we'll uh, see we'll see because yeah. the the whole vaccination thing has been kind of crazy like really really crazy to imagine that like america globally has done the best whereas like right before biden came into into power it seemed pretty evident that america was doing the worst with it oh. like absolutely by far um you had so many anti-vaxxers being like i'll never blah 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 and just it seemed like there's no no national plan over there, but like overnight, yeah. right in the first hundred days, hundred million people we're gonna get it. Yeah, uh, oh. in Philly, after I think it was like May first, or it could have been like sometime in the next couple of weeks that anyone that wants it can get it. Mm. Just sign up for it, like yeah. that kind of a shit. I in in here in Scotland, I don't think people in my age group are supposed to start getting it unless you're in like an essential worker or whatever until mid-may or june so how can we be fully open by june if most people haven't even been fully vaccinated no but like this is the thing you're 27 like you like you are like you are pretty much last on the list like you know what i mean oh, yeah. like it's like uh-uh no no like yeah as you say if you're not an essential worker you are not going to see that for a healthy bit of time no um i would say with regards to UK sort of efforts getting people vaccinated, look, we're, yeah. we're doing doing well. Um, Better uh, than Europe oh, in general. No, look, let's just say with Europe's shenanigans over the last like huh, over the last like over the last sort of like few months, like I voted to stay in the EU. And look, mm-hmm. I'll like I'll quite happily say, yeah, you know what? I was wrong. <laughs> look, they, these guys out there are not. But they're not actually getting their but they're just not getting their shit together because all i would simply say is when you like when you kind of just do everything by committee you kind of mm-hmm. just you the bureaucracy and it's yeah. difficult to get things done yeah it's slow it's awkward and it's a time of emergency and look don't get me wrong if i was part of the sort of eu family right now um i'll be looking quite closely which sort of con- like which countries sort of get that vaccine a lot quicker than other countries mm. yeah uh, let's just say yeah uh one country which mm, uh, has a very 
like has a very big cycle race once a year and the other mm -hmm. country quite famous for its beer would most probably be on first on the list <laughs> but I, and like why is that I, um no idea no idea not like not them being it's like because like they're kind of in charge of the whole thing is it no no <laughs> like no nonsense nonsense but it's like yeah while they're playing this game and they're not getting people vaccinated like okay Say we get everyone vaccinated in the UK by the end of this year, early next year, say. Mm -hmm. And like, you're like, oh, okay, because look, the cases are like, when cases come in, they have been falling, but it's a case of, yeah, any case which has come in, the deaths have been really low now with the whole vaccine coming in, which, mm -hmm. is, a, like, which is a hell of a step in the right direction. Now, oh, yeah. yeah when you kind of look across the channel and you like look at France and you kind of look at what's going on in Germany, them going back into lockdowns and like, yeah, people are really reluctant to take the vaccine out there. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah like I'll be very, I'll be amazed if they get things done by the end of this year. I'll be very surprised if they get things done by possibly this time next year. So it's like, that's true. I will say we we are in like a very fortunate situation uh, in in the UK because like the the vaccines are made here, yeah, ah. here and in America. Like doesn't really seem like unless you went you know whatever, not even to say in any type of way about Russia, but if you don't you know you're not getting the Russian one, you're not getting the the Chinese one, you're not getting the Asian markets vaccines. Yeah. So in in Europe, your your only options are you know importing from America, and they're too busy doing their 340 million people or the UK is in, in inherently it makes sense why the UK would hold on to, to most of them. Mm. You know, it makes a ton of sense because they're making it. Well, um, but it's, yeah, they're being put in a difficult situation. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I do hope that being, being in or out of the EU wouldn't have made a ton of difference. Because uh, this is like unprecedented times, and oh. this wouldn't have been written into the, you know, into no. our agreement. No, I agree. It is unprecedented times. Like no one's seen, like no one foresaw a global pandemic to shut down pretty much seventy to eighty percent of the world's economy and everything like that. Everyone being in, like, told to stay at home for eight months of a year, literally. Right. Uh, yeah but like the whole thing is like with the sort of recent sort of like argument which went on around about christmas time it just came down to okay astrazeneca was like kind of okay um yeah got this vaccine like whoever comes with whoever signs the contracts that's the people we're going to deal with first then the like look, the uk government rocked up and went yeah here we go signed it give me that shit yeah do it now let's get it done with and Mm, the EU didn't, and they dilly yeah. dallied, and they like messed around, and like all of a sudden they came lower and lower on the pecking order. So you kind of look at it and go, "Yes, makes a ton of sense." Why? Yeah, and when they were going, "Yo, you can't do that," you kind of like go, "You can," because they showed up and they purchased it. It's not like you get preferential treatment. That's the way yeah. it goes. Yeah. Yeah. That. Uh... Man, it, it sucks. It sucks because, I mean, it, we're talking about people's lives here oh, no. and, oh, yeah. and well-being. So it's, it is really rough. 
yeah uh, and it's easier to be on the on the greener side of the grass and like look look over and be like well well you should have but oh. like kind of in this situation if yeah. they have the opportunity to it doesn't make sense why they wouldn't have no but like you know what like the whole thing is it's like hindsight is 2020 but like that is that is a powerful statement to always say when when things are not clear but when you kind of like look at the sort of state of play and go yeah we need to do this quicker and mm. slower you kind of like go there's the obvious path why didn't you take it <laughs> yeah it does it does seem quite quite obvious but mm. i guess that's why we're not in position of power because like well hey. <laughs> who, who knows what the actual situation was you know yeah. I mean, a boat blocked a whole canal, and, and the whole world was uh, going to break because of it. Like, and a, I, apparently, um, there had been several conversations beforehand to dredge up a second canal, but no country wanted to, because Egypt wasn't going to be the only one that that paid for that. When the entire world uses that canal, and oh. no one wanted to be like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll chip in for that." And now look at what happened. Yeah. Well, <laughs> No, no, you know what? Like put it this way, when like when it, it's always it's always surprising me when people like disaster happens and they go, oh, well, we were talking about doing that type of thing beforehand. Mm -hmm. You like go, oh, okay, we but it's happened now. So yeah. like, you could have done something about this beforehand, but yeah, <laughs> what mm -hmm. like what stopped you? Well, it costs too much. Okay, now how much is it costing you now? A lot. <laughs> it's like, a lot more than that initial cost? Well, all right, then I guess. Maybe. You know, you know, you That big old island of uh, plastic and trash that's in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Uh, because it's in international waters, no one wants to, to, to pay for, for that. And it's getting bigger every day. No. And I definitely did just watch Sea Spiracy on Netflix. Yeah, my lady uh, watched that. She was like, oh my God. <laughs> she's like, she's pretty much swearing off fish. She's like, no, no more fish for me. <laughs> we live in a in a in a union of fish and chips, so it's very hard to just swear off a of fish altogether. But if you stop eating it a little bit less, that might be good. You know. I'm not here to you know say stop eating cows and 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 fish and and salmon, but Maybe mm. just eat a little bit less of it, guys. That's we don't eat some veggies. Get some mashed potatoes up in you. <laughs> eat some veggies. Oh, loving it, loving it. Now, now uh, documentary you should watch when you get to mm. Coded Bias. Tell me, I didn't just watch that yesterday. You watched that? I literally, literally just watched that. Yeah, I was going on a documentary binge and. Uh. Oh man, that that has that has me. I mean, it has me fucked up. Oh, like, like when when they were doing the the London thing, the Metropolitan Police, and <laughs> we're piloting this program, something that very obviously, clearly is proven to not work. And I love that we see like a just a b example. Hey, this this boy, this fourteen year old boy, is just being identified as a criminal. Yeah. And you're gonna heavily interrogate him as if he is that criminal, yeah. and then and then you find out that this 14 year old boy is not this criminal, and you do nothing. You yeah. don't apologize. You say, "Well, well, the computer told us." Fucking like obviously, it does not work. 
Yeah, but they took the guy that they took the child's like fingerprints out on the street, which you know, what I mean? it was just like um, like I don't know if they were doing that with ink or basically as soon as you took the fingerprints, it looked it like the, on, the digital one. A database or whatnot. So it was just mm-hmm. like you're kind of like going okay, and when like you're hearing about yeah them just using an algorithm to sort of go through job applications and stuff like yeah, that, resumes and shit. Yeah, and like you're like going oh my god. Algorithms, algorithms, algorithms. It's just, mm-hmm. they just farm everything out to these algorithms now, just uh, just out of, in some regards, laziness, or to sort of like pass on the whole, sort of like, yeah, like the realm of responsibility onto some. They could say uh, optimize, but it's like, how can this optimize anything if, if you're not getting a better result? Well, you know what? It, like, there was that one section where it just optimized every lady out of Amazon. <laughs> it's like, it's very, like, very yeah. conveniently. Yeah, just like, oh, you're a lady, yeah, sir. I think there were two two points that like really kind of fucked me up the most, and that was actually the one, the Philly girl, the Philly girl, yeah, where where she she had done all of this stuff after being like let out of jail. You know, she served her sentence. A yeah. And then, you know, has become like a an upstanding citizen. And because of an algorithm was still told um, that you're a high risk, you know, mm. person. And, and so had to do weekly checks and went to her parole officer said, yo, you know, the kind of work that I'm doing, like, can we do something about it? And he's like, nah, man, the algorithm said so. And like, this goes above me and yep. the judge's head. Mm. So like two human beings that are very much in authoritative powers can't even do anything against it. Obviously, we got to do something about that. Uh, that That's the one that messed me up a lot, especially because it was Philly. I was like, ah, come on yeah. now. Um, and then the the in China, besides like the, the, the social credit in general, yeah. Um, the, the woman that was saying, like, it seemed like she was drinking the Kool-Aid and said all the positive benefits of it. You know, like, if you have this good social credit score, like, I'm gonna trust you. I don't have to, you know, weed through and try to figure out if you're a good person or not. And it's like, I get that in like the abstract, but in application, that means now that a government, a dictatorship government is now in control of saying, what is and what is not good behavior, you know, whether it be like, I, I spat my gum out earlier. Uh, I try to spit it out into a bush, it hit a fence and it went onto the sidewalk. Does that mean that I like get points off of my social credit now? You know? Awesome. And if uh, it's on video camera. Yeah. Probably because there's a ton of, you know, well, not here, it's not a ton of CCTV, <laughs> but over there it would be. Uh, and if, if you your social credit score is so low, you can't take the train or like public transportation or get on a plane. That's crazy. So if I don't act the specific way that you want me to, you're gonna deny me basic rights. Yeah, basic rights that everyone else has. Yeah, no, because like this is the thing. Like to touch on the two points you raised up with regards to like the lady from Philly, where it was like, yeah, you're high risk. Bam. It kind of was like, if they just let it go down to the algorithm, it was going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy right there and then, because it was just like restricted, restricted, restricted. Oh, mm-hmm. like, will she be forced to, into like making some choices, which would not most would be the most beneficial choices. 
And uh, yeah, and with regards to the social score in China, like the crazy thing is, like when it came, like there was an episode on Black Mirror, I think in the last season, and like where yeah. delayed, like basically Charlie Brooker knew it. Yeah, and it was like going okay, going through it all, and you're like going, yeah, this like you kind of like look at Black Mirror and go, like what the freak, like, uh, freaky thing about Black Mirror is this can't happen. But it's happening yeah. right now. Yeah. And like l- literally about a year later, you heard about the China social scores and like, you're like, going, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Like if that's being brought into China and look, and this is the thing with this coded bias documentary, it's like, I, it is slowly creeping in to our sort of everyday. Everywhere. Life. Yeah. So it's like, right, look, you go, because everyone goes looks at China and goes China, China bad, yes, because of what they're doing, blah blah blah. But it's like, yeah, you can't really say many of the companies which are here in like the West are so virtuous as well. And look, with regards to sort of like basically Facebook and their sort of stupidness and data breaches and here and there and everywhere, it's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Quite literally, and I yeah. think it is. Like you just said, it's so much easier to just be like, oh, that's China. It's a China thing. We'll never do that. But for starters, China is like one of the, the is the most dominant neo-colonists of today. Like mm. they have their hands all over the world. They're making investments in infrastructure in Africa. I wonder why. Hey. Hey. You know? So then it's like things like this can very, very easily just become the normalcy in, in this country, that country, and suddenly you've got entire continents that that are kind of run and based in, in this kind of thing. And I think it's so unfortunate that 1984 is like almost a cliche to say, like Big Brother is watching you, but but it, it literally is is like the future that we're headed towards. You know, It showed you three or four different global examples oh, yeah. of that happening. No, no, but like, no, like Orwell, Orwell's just like, yeah, you, you know what? Look, I, I'm like, I'm getting out because I've done enough spinning in my grave to last a lifetime and yeah. another lifetime and another lifetime. So it's just crazy, craziness. <laughs> now, Seriously, though. Yeah. Yeah. I have to ask, like, we've been talking about like a number of different subjects and like, yeah possible futures and stuff like this what would you say is going to be sort of in your sort of next possible future say in the next three to five years because yeah nostalgia one um nostalgia two three four yeah is it gonna be like a rocky film (laughs) and some more (laughs) i that's that's funny so i am actually i'm moving back to philly in a month i'm moving back in in may oh Uh, may may the first actually um, just because COVID kind of it killed the music industry here, and, and I wouldn't find necessarily like meaningful work, and I'm currently living off of Universal Credit. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I don't enjoy that at all. Yeah. You know, I don't. In America, we call that welfare. Um, and there's always like a stigma with that. But I also like I don't enjoy not working. My life like thrives in some sort of structure mm. in the capital beast that we live in. Um, so with that being said. I'm moving back to Philly in you know like three weeks, uh, and I'm gonna be working on music 
of course, doing the photography stuff. But in regards specifically to like this nostalgia stuff, Nostalgia 2 is going to come out in uh, probably June now. Nice. I, I do as much shit as I'll talk about like, you know, rapping content and, and quantity. I do, uh, I write a lot of music um, and I don't like to sit on it. So I put it out. Um, I think last year I put out like five projects and I want to put out like a similar amount this year as well, five or six. Um, so Nostalgia 2 will be coming out. I'll do a Nostalgia 3 uh, before the end of the year. Um, but then also, I love thinking in concepts. I think um, the concept album was one of the greatest things Jethro Tull ever gave us. Because uh, we, we thrive with narratives, you know, and, and something that can guide us along from the beginning, middle, and end. Um, so yeah, the idea of Nostalgia 1 is like me looking back at like, you know, up until like primary school kind of stuff. Nostalgia 2 will be like the, like, do you remember what age you like thought you first fell in love? And like, like the, like a childlike kind of love, not like a, I'm going to marry this girl. Uh, I would say sort of around about possibly seven or eight. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Cause I consider it like, like a crush crush. Whereas yeah. like the kind of like actual butterflies you get when you're like, you know, 13, 14 in, in secondary school and middle school. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, that that teenager, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I like just... that, that shit <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm filled with a hunger I've never felt before. Exactly. Literally, <laughs> why, literally. Why will it not leave me alone? Right. Like, <laughs> oh my God, man. Why am I waking up with this? <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? I'm just thirsty. I'm always right. uh, thirsty. Can't, can't satisfy this because I'm also 13 years old and. No one's really talking to me about this shit. Still, still fasting. Gerbil. So, so nostalgia too is, is supposed to like kind of harken back to like these like 12, 13, 14 year old kind of like mm. up until you know 16, 17, high school. Um, I guess you know we call it college here, 16 to 18. Yeah. Um, that that kind of age of just like uh lust not lustful but like youthful love um where like you know you have these like three week relationships and you think you're you're getting heartbreak as a result of it and and, and that kind of stuff uh, well, and then the all the music makes sense to me now <laughs> <laughs> i get what rem was talking about oh my god <laughs> one is the loneliest number <laughs> yeah, no. uh, parents look at you like okay yeah calm down <laughs> it's, it's not that deep i assure you wait until you get a divorce and by the way we're getting a divorce <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. what <laughs> no, I know, uh, so that's yeah that's what nostalgia 2 will be nostalgia 3 will be kind of like right up until now yeah because um, it's been a very uh tumultuous uh couple of years but i mean the past i don't uh, 10 years like you know college until now has been like incredibly transformative to say the least um so i'm gonna try to make music within within that kind of time frame as well oh excuse me my alarm uh goes off all the time and it's uh ice cube i had a, uh today was a good day or it wow. was a good day um but by the end of the year Seascape 2 
is an album that's gonna come out uh and then that'll be the end of like my trying to do like one two threes and whatever um but i love i love the ocean right now i live in new haven in edinburgh and yeah. it's right next to to the water and so i wake up to seagulls uh, i walk along the water i can hear the seagull right now I've heard them a couple of times through this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I got my window open and shit. Yeah. You know, I got blue skies. I got to thrive in it while I can. Uh, <laughs> but growing up in like, I grew up in the suburbs, um, but also just in West Philly. It's a complicated situation. But I never grew up next to like, you know, bodies of water. It mm. wasn't the dirty ass Schuylkill River, you know, brown, mucky kind of, you don't swim in that. Um, so anytime we went down to the shore, that was like something special. You can, you know, the sea breeze is real, seagulls mm. overhead, um, boardwalk fries hit different than regular fries, boardwalk chips, as we would call. Um, so yeah, there, this is just like an album seascape too, to, to hearken, hearken the, the idea of that seascape. Cause I love, you know, soundscapes. Mm. Uh, and if I can put you in that world, like I said before, that's like what I'm what I'm striving for. Uh, yeah, but you said three to five years. Oof, man. Hopefully, I survive Philly for a couple years, and then I'm trying to move to Australia for for a year because of that Commonwealth. You can get a nice um, work. What is it? Work, work travel permit. visa. Yeah, like basically, what I would say to you on that is like, yeah, you're 27 now. Like, yeah, I'd say uh, to 30. Like, you know, it's a hell of a lot easy when you're under 30 to do that. So yeah. you, you might have to speed up that whole process in like Philly. Ah, Philly, right. okay, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah, and I, that's also my, my kind of philosophy in life is like, I don't really care to get uh, married and have children, that kind of stuff. I also don't really want to live that long, as morbid as that is. I feel like if I make it to 60, I'm like, that's good enough for me. I'd call that a long life, uh, relatively. Like, I don't want to die at 99, RIP, Prince Charles, dickhead of uh, Edinburgh. Oh, Prince Philip. Or, that's what I said. Did I say Charles? Yeah, you said Charles. What type oh. of Brit are you? RIP Diana is what I meant. What? <laughs> it's like, let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> no, I actually, I did grow up with like, my mom had, had pictures of her and, and, and everything. Like she was, she was beloved in, in, in the household for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, Philip, RIP Philip. <laughs> oh my God. Whatever, man. I think the Royal family is dumb. Hot take. Like, this is the thing. Like you got to you got to kind of look at it like this way. It they're kind of very resilient. Just when you think like when you think, oh yeah, no, no, like they're out of touch, they're out of date, and stuff like this. There is a lot more people which like love that royal family like it's their own. So when you think it's yeah. gonna, when you think it's all gone and done, it's like yeah, mm-mm. No. Well, they, they're so representative and like, I, I think American pride is gross. Like, like people are way too patriotic and think that they live in that American bubble for sure. Yeah. But I think the same can easily be said about England. Uh, and a large part of that is because of, of the royal family and 
and the whole lineage of like English pride and, and God save the queen. Mm. I think like that kind of like um, patriotism is, is, is not very conducive because it, it pits each other together. Like if I'm, I, I feel like being a black Brit grown up, you had a very different um, situation growing up than, you know, a posh um, white boy growing up in, in, in England, you know? Well, like, this is the thing. You've got to understand, like, because I'm like, I'm born and raised a Londoner. London mm. is... Yeah, 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 yeah. London is, like, you've got the, you got the UK, you've got London. Very multicultural, very yeah. multicultural. So it's a different vibe. So if I was, like, say, brought up, like, in, say, Manchester or Newcastle or whatnot... Mm. My, More like working class kind of yeah, cities. Yeah, my experience would be totally different. And I, it's one of those things where it's very hard to sort of just like, oh, this is what it is. And like, like I have, uh, because my, my lady like is from Manchester, like, and when we sort of started dating, it was a case of, yeah, it took me out of this London bubble because in many respects, you kind of just, like for myself and maybe many other people just see it through this sort of London lens and like that's how the UK is and I think many people what look from the outside where like you go right they kind of look at the London aesthetic and go yes that's what most of the UK is like but no no I mean uh, I don't think London is is a majority Tory and yet you know, England has been toyed for the past what 10, 10 years, something like that. Um, since, since right after Blair, uh, basically, um, since around about two thousand, I want to say two thousand and ten, then sort of Cameron took over because yeah. it kind of was just around about a couple of years after the two thousand eight financial crisis. So yeah. Yeah. So basically it sort of just spiraled out and you kind of were like, okay, now it's like the Tories. Yeah. Cameron like, like ducked out when he was like, I'll be with you to handle this bricks. No, he, he ducked out immediately. I'm going to go uh, fuck a pig. <laughs> well, hey, hey, what, whatever he may, like, like whatever he may have done in like with a bit of poultry, like with, well, you know what I mean? With, a domestic farm like farm animal <laughs> that is not mine like no i can't i cannot say i was there or anything but yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah oh, God. it's funny it's just funny that that's even like a rumor like that shouldn't even be a rumor wow not look all i've got to simply say is this like what like what you see in america with fraternities and what they might do for their hazing and stuff like that like mm -hmm. Who knows what, like, some people might do over here for their sort of hazings and initiations and, and stuff rich, like that. Rich posh situations, Neither. like, mm. but oh, the only point that I I was trying to make is like, I feel like London is not uh, necessarily majority Tory, um, no. but, but the country clearly as a whole is or mm. votes that way. Votes that way. Like the whole thing is with regards to that. No, it's not necessarily the whole of the country is Tory. It's mm -hmm. just a case of 
I would say with much of the British public, they tend to think about arguments a lot more when it actually comes down to election time. It's like there were there are some parts of the country which are clearly this is Labour, this is like the Tories, mm-hmm. never the twain shall like meet. But right. when the when the conversation starts and basically when the sort of Labour Party or the Tory party sort of goes down, and like if they're doing a good job, they're in. No problem. Mm-hmm. We'll be mm-hmm. in again and again and again. When they screw the pooch, they are out. And yes, that's yes. the whole thing. And it's not like it's not like in, I would say, with the states where you get to make that sort of last minute decision who might actually run. Like, because all I've got to simply say is with like the states, you had the choice, you had two bad choices, in my opinion. Because yes. look, you had a guy sitting in currently, like who was there, now gone who was a divisive character. And then you had the Democrats. Yeah. Just to be people pleasers. And, I mean, and what's funny is that Democrats are like left of center, but if they were to exist in Europe, they'd be, they'd be right of center. Yeah. Now, basically, what... That's also I, so silly to me. Yeah. Now, basically, your Democratic Party is like the Tory party over here in regards to sort of the way it leans. So it's like... Yeah. You're kind of like, uh, okay, I find it interesting to see the league. Yeah. But, oh God, we uh, we should have we should have had a multi-party system for sure. Even George Washington in his farewell address, he he warned everyone of of having a two-party system. He said like, this is bad, like it's not good for us, and then we did it anyways. Wow, like you know what? Um, what I would simply say is, yeah. Um, who knows where this change might lead and like as President Harris I mean like mm, Vice President Harris <laughs> to say the least but yeah that's that's I haven't that's, seen much of her well yeah you know what that's the whole point she is like, <laughs> exactly what she needs to do like yeah. her, when she steps out of the shadows when like yeah in about oh maybe a year two years when Biden goes you know what I'm stepping down I'm retiring uh yeah she'll step right in have two more years and then basically to help cement her going up for the presidency in 2024 i i could be wrong but that's already here first though well hey yeah yeah now i have (laughs) on that happy note let let me reveal this to you i'm a being of supreme cosmic power and I can grant you one wish. Yeah, I know, I know you're, I know that. Before you even say anything, before you even try to make a wish, there are rules in play. So look, okay, okay no wishing for world peace, like because like everyone does that. Ah, oh, wish for world peace. No, look, no wishing. I wouldn't for, wish that anyway. Yeah, look, no wishing for Corona to be gone because look, I had to draw on the powers of Dolly Parton and make a number of backroom deals. Yeah. yeah, if I have to do any more deals, I have to now go on to the, the higher power, which is Beyonce, and I don't have that much cosmic power to deal right, with. Right, right, right. Yeah. Now, no wishing, like no writing down a list of things on a piece of paper and like going, I wish everything on this list to pay on this list to come nice. true. No. Nice. And yeah, before. yeah, and yeah, there has been some rather impish people 
people who have come on this podcast and try wishing for more wishes and none of that. So you can cut that shit right out no. right there. <laughs> uh, what is your wish and why, sir? What is your wish and why? Um, I think plain and simple, and I hope, I hope this can get granted. I hope everyone, uh, or I wish mm. everyone could mind their business. <laughs> oh. Now, I say that because so many of our problems is because we're entangled in other other people's business mm. like shit that we have no no reason to to be in that's how I, I really really do believe that i try to live my life like that i i there are several people in my life that can quote me as saying mind your business over and over again because i i try to like if it doesn't concern me why am I, why am I getting concerned about it? Why am I getting in a huff about it? Um, you know, these countries, like, why are we getting involved with, with stuff in Africa? Like let them mind their own business, like let them sort that shit out themselves. Uh, and I feel like from, from the micro to the macro, if, if everyone could just kind of mind their own business, we would, we'd be in a better situation. You know, is that possible? Do you think you could do that? Well, I was like, you know what? It might have to. I might have to take down Twitter in the in the process. But uh, you know, I'm I mean, happy with that, man. I'm not even on Twitter because no one can mind their own fucking business on Twitter. <laughs> it, it, Twitter has destroyed careers. Not uh, my my friend uh, in in Glasgow. I, I I legally saw her recently, um, and just got to say that just in case Nicholas watching, you know. Um, <laughs> And she got me into RuPaul's Drag Race, UK RuPaul Drag Race. Yeah. Um, and there was a situation um, where one of them, Lawrence Cheney of Glasgow, um, got a little aggressive and, and angry over um, this other queen doing just doing something um, in, in the spirit of competition that Lawrence Cheney felt was unfair. And so Lawrence Cheney was just very, uh, you're, you're out to get me, you're, 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 you, we should be with each other, but you've set me up for failure. Like took it very personally, was just getting very angry about yeah. it. And then all of Twitter, not all of it, but so much of Twitter then gave so much shit and anger, hate, death threats towards Lawrence Cheney. Lawrence Cheney got rid of their, um, their Twitter. Um, I believe had some sort of like mental breakdown as a result and was not good at all. Mm. So if, if this involves getting rid of Twitter, I'm so down for that. I'm so about that, you know, cause yeah, that's, that's a large part of where people don't know where to mind their own business. Like, so what if, if this, on this fucking very Hollywood um, TV show, someone is being a bit traumatic and it's not, you know, maybe necessarily treating another person the way that you want them to, to be treated. Doesn't concern you. Doesn't concern you to the point where you need to make death threats. Like, what is that? What is that shit? That's... Make it make sense. <laughs> that is people with too much time on their hands, uh, my friend. Too much time on their hands. Straight like, up. Well, let's say this. Like, look, I've got to say, ha. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mochi, you have been outstanding today. Uh, absolute star, absolute pleasure. Now, thank you. 
Now, can you tell the lovely people how they can reach you? Obviously, not on Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't look for me on Twitter. I will not be there. But if anyone ever wants to reach out to me, first of all, I'm very approachable. Slide into my DMs. Um, I'm on Instagram for, for music as Mochi Robinson Music. At, and then for my film photography, Mochi on Film. Um, you know, I'd give my phone number if I didn't think that was risky or if my phone number would exist for more than three weeks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Instagram is really just the, it's the modern day business card. So if y'all want to uh, hit a brother up, Mochi Robinson Music or Mochi on Film, Excellent. you know, hopefully the, the name will be written there, but I'll, I'll spell it out super quickly. M-O-C-H-I-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N Music. M-U-S-I-C. Hopefully you know how to spell music. Uh, yeah, and Mochi on film. And to be honest, I'm more active on the film account right now than I am on the music one. Oof, it's like taking a whole whole big turn. But, you know, yeah, reach out, try to talk to me. I love, I love people most of the time when they mind their business. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, mind your business. Mind your business. Yeah. Um. That's, that's the mantra, man. Mind your business. <laughs> love it well do i'll put that in the show notes and the description uh for you please hit him up get in contact with him while he's still the uk citizen well he's going to still be a uk citizen but why I'll is keep that red passport yeah. yep uh why he's in the uk and why he goes back to philly uh it's going to change to a blue passport in a few years time so oh man hopefully if i just don't come back I, they won't make me give it up oh uh, no no uh, you just change it just trade it in get the blue one it's all good <laughs> no, no, i already have a blue passport it's kind of ugly it's like a deep blue one i'd show it if i didn't someone stole my identity in america so i'm like i'm a little afraid to give away any anything that could indicate that. So. <laughs> no, let's keep your UK identity. <laughs> you know what I mean? That shit is crazy. But I appreciate you and thank you for, for the opportunity, my friend. You've been a pleasure to talk to. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like your checks in the post. Don't catch it anytime soon. It will bounce like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> bank transfer, man. It's all about bank transfer. <laughs> Excellent. Let me just say to you, my friends, my life warriors, uh, thank you for watching the show. Please stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic, be all the positive bees you can be in this world, and then some. Be a thankful. Peace. And we are...